GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Um, welcome, everybody. My name is Paul Elmsley. I'm the founder and CEO of HealthCert Education. And I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the HealthCert podcast. Our very special guest today is Dr. Orit Holtzman. She's the Vice President of the Australian New Zealand College of Cannabinoid Practitioners and Chief Medical Officer at Compass Lifestyle Clinics. And today we're going to be talking about the hot topic of medicinal cannabis and how to get started as a prescriber. Orit, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Excellent. Um, so what we'd like to do is just, I, I think doctors would be very interested to hear about how you got started in prescribing medicinal cannabis. Sure. Um, well, I guess prescribing medicinal cannabis was a bit of a closing a circle for me. Um, so when I was doing my, I didn't PhD in neuroscience before I did medicine, and I was quite interested in the effect of a certain psychoactive molecules and drugs on learning and behavior. I did end up my doing my PhD on a bit of a different topic on the dopaminergic system, but I was quite inter- interested in, um, in cannabis and how it affects behavior and memory. So, and I did do a departmental talk about uh, THC and I was very surprised to discover the, uh, the endocannabinoid system. So I did not know that there is a system in our bodies that is naturally designed to interact with cannabinoid molecules. But even then I had no idea that cannabis can be used as a medicine um, rather than a mind altering um, molecule. Um, so, you know, going forward, finishing my medical degree and working as a hospital doctor, I did a postgraduate training in functional medicine. And since my training was from an American institute, then a cannabis or specialist CBD is viewed as just another modality of treatment, um, almost like a supplement, like the ways you can use it the same way you use curcumin as an anti-inflammatory, for example. However, when I started practicing, um, I realized that it's not so easy to prescribe uh, medicinal cannabis in Australia, even if it's just CBD. And I really didn't know how to even go about prescribing it. And I kind of put it in the too hard basket as maybe some of our listeners um, were doing before they started or still are. Um, However, been practicing in a bit of, I guess, an alternative way. Um, I had patients that came to me and asked me whether they could be treated with medicinal cannabis because they have heard that it might be helpful for their condition. And I didn't want to just decline them and, and not, not have something that can be helpful for them to be available. So um, again, I, I, I was quite mystified on how to go about um, doing this and helping them. I was quite fortunate to have a mutual friend with Dr. Teresa Taupik, who is um, one of the pioneers in this field. Um, And I was able to contact her. She um, supported me through my first application that to my amazement uh, actually was approved. Um, And I still did not feel 100% comfortable uh, with prescribing medicinal cannabis. So I did some further training with Dr. Taupik, and then I had the opportunity to join her at Campus Lifestyle Clinic. So that was in May, 2019. And I started um, prescribing medicine and cannabis as well as practicing functional medicine there. And 
it really, I was not expecting, I guess, to do as much of it as I ended up doing, but because of patient demand, um, I have been seeing a lot of patients and supporting them with uh, managing their medicinal cannabis treatment. And I have now seen probably over 600 patients um, that I prescribed with medicinal cannabis for different indications and different products. Um, and I became very passionate about providing education for and support for other practitioners as well, which is why I've co-founded the Australian and New Zealand College of Cannabinoid Practitioners. Fabulous. And I, and I think it was interesting. I mean, Australian doctor just recently published a survey that said one in three doctors actually had been asked about it. Mm. And I think that, uh, you know, once again, your journey and experience is something because I said it is something which I think all doctors will need to understand something of, obviously, when the patients do ask them the question. Mm. Um, the next question is, so, you know, where is Australia in medicinal cannabis in comparison to other countries? Because obviously we're not the only place in the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, we're a little bit behind. We probably got into it uh, quite a bit later than uh, other countries. Uh, Israel, for example, it's been possible to prescribe cannabis there since 2016, I believe. Uh, but we're, but we're progressing uh, quite well. We still need to jump through more hoops than other countries with having TGA approval for prescriptions, uh, under the special access scheme and authority approval in some cases and some states, which can be quite a lengthy process. Um, and that is mainly because medicine and cannabis uh, products are still considered an unregistered medication. So once that changes, um, that it will become a much more available to patients and much more easy for doctors to prescribe. And also where, in other countries, um, especially CBD products are available over the counter almost as a supplement, which is something that is um, not available in Australia. Um, however, those countries do have the issues of quality control that we don't have here as much because there are such strict regulations around medicinal cannabis products that are available. We are quite behind with the recreational cannabis use. Uh, which is legal in many other countries. Um, and that will probably change in time as well. In my opinion, the most significant issue we have here in Australia is the driving issue. So the fact that it is illegal to drive with any amount of THC, in your, apart from Tasmania. So in, other, in all other states, it is still illegal to drive with any amount of THC in your system, even if it's medically prescribed, even if you're not impaired. And that's a very significant issue and uh, other countries does not have that regulation. So that's something we really have to catch up with. Yeah, and, and I think what we've been seeing obviously in the media and also, I mean, from the health minister, et cetera, is that they are looking to address these issues. I, I think, as I said, around, right. you know, once again, the, the, the requirements for prescribing and then obviously the impact on patients is, uh, you know, something which is being looked at. I know obviously in certain states, it's obviously getting to the point of legislation. So, yeah. uh, and we will try and keep everyone abreast of that because it is obviously something which is moving very fast in comparison to probably other areas of medicine because of um, that. But as I said, it's obviously a well-proven model. There are many countries that do have well-proven models, which once again, the authorities just need to spend the time and understand, interpret and take action on. So... Um, so I'd be keen to understand also around how it, it varies from state or territory as far as, you know, the regulations are concerned for prescribing. 
Yeah, so the TGA approval is nationwide. So for any unregistered medication, you need to apply for approval under the special access scheme with the TGA, unless you are an authorized prescriber for that particular product. That again, that's something you need to get approval from from ethics committee and then the TGA. Um, so that's, a, so that's um, the same all throughout Australia. However, um, in some states, so let's um, go back a little bit. So medicine cannabis products can be either schedule four or schedule eight, depending on the content of CBD and they include. If they're schedule four, you only need to have that SAS special access scheme approval or the authorized prescriber approval. However, if it's a Schedule 8 medication, then the process would vary from state to state. So in New South Wales, for example, you don't need a state health authority approval unless the patient is a child under 16 or a drug-dependent person. And it's quite similar in Queensland. In other states, the process is more complicated and more strict. In Victoria, they have a temporary exemption from a state health authority approval because of the COVID issues. However, they used to require um, Victorian health state health approval for every Schedule A prescription of medicinal cannabis. In um, South Australia, they are able to prescribe for only two months without an authority approval, and then the doctor needs to apply for approval, which can be quite difficult to obtain. And in Western Australia as well, I believe that um, state authority approval is required too. Those regulations change uh, quite frequently. So if you are a doctor that prescribes cannabis, you should check with your uh, current state regulations as to uh, what you actually need to comply with in order to be able to prescribe a Schedule 8 medicinal cannabis product. Awesome. Uh, and as I said, constantly moving as well so yes. just to, uh, keep keep that in mind but hopefully for the better certainly not for the worse right. yeah, you know, it, 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 it couldn't be it couldn't be harder it's only going to become easier it but is I think- becoming easier that's true it already changed from when i started now it, it, it keeps getting easier so absolutely moving in the right direction and I think, once again, for doctors like anything, when you enter a new space, I mean, the, the first time you fill in the form, obviously, takes a bit more time and effort. And obviously, once you've done now done it many times, it obviously becomes routine and, and part right. of your practice. So Right. And once you have some experience, you can apply to become an authorized prescriber, and then you don't always need to even um, apply through the special access scheme. Yeah. So it should, should definitely be a goal if you're uh, obviously interested in this space. So what's available in Australia and over-the-counter and, uh, and obviously then alternatively what's available via prescribed? So what's the, what's the difference as far as products are concerned at this point in time? So nothing is actually available over-the-counter at the moment. So there was at the beginning of the year a downscheduling of a high CBD products from Schedule 4 to Schedule 3 which means that they can be dispensed by a pharmacist as a pharmacist only medication without a script. However, for, in order for that to happen, those products need to be actually registered. So they can't be an unregistered medication. There are currently no products that are registered on the, on the Australian uh, registrar. So there are no products that can be obtained over the, or under the counter in a pharmacy just yet. Obviously, medicinal cannabis companies are working quite hard for that to happen, 
but un until they provide the appropriate um, evidence that their products are safe and effective in the dose that can be prescribed, but can be uh, dispensed as schedule-free medication that's not uh, available yet. Other products can be prescribed by a doctor um, as schedule four, and they can be schedule four or schedule eight. If they contain more than 98% CBD, the product will be schedule four. If they contain more than 2% of other components, it doesn't have to be THC. So that's a common misconception. A product can be THC free and still be schedule eight because of other components such as minor cannabinoids, terpenes and flavonoids. In this case, they will be schedule eight. The difference is dep depends on the state and state regulations. So all products require other um, approval under the special access scheme or under the authorized prescriber scheme. If they are schedule eight, they either require state authority approval as well or not, depending on the state and the specific circumstances of the patient. Okay, so the next one is a question around the process for prescribing for you. So maybe it's probably more about the patient journey and then obviously for the doctor, what they physically have to do. So if we talk about the process, so obviously you've got a patient, obviously has got uh, the, well, whatever you know, whatever is your specific going to treat. So, so how sort of does that work for you as a doctor from the perspective of obviously identifying candidate, working out what it is you obviously want to treat them with, and then what you have to do? Yeah. Um. So most patients approach me with the their wish to be prescribed with medicinal cannabis, and um, they will either um will be the one initiating it or sometimes a, a specialist or the regular GP would, re, would actually suggest it and refer them. Um, once they present to me, I obviously assess them as they would do as, the, as you would do with any other um, condition or indication or situation. Uh, I take their history and see what the medical condition is they wish to be prescribed for. Um, what are the comorbidities? Do they have any experience with cannabis, or are they cannabis naive? And um, and accord and what and obviously I, I would know their age and so forth. And according to all these circumstances, um, I would decide on which product would be appropriate for them, um, and also consult them on what they wishes are. Um, it is important that patients are aware that the treatment results are not guaranteed, that there may be side effects, that the product is quite expensive as it is not on the PBS, that it's an unregistered product, so the safety and efficacy are not guaranteed. Um, we need to make sure that there are no um, contraindications, other absolute or relative for the prescription of medicine and cannabis. So those are the main points that I would go through in the first consultation, the patient would also need to sign a consent form. So that's that's a requirement, a legal requirement, uh, because it's an unregistered medication. After that happens, um, I would apply um, through the special access scheme, or I mean, I can use my authorized prescriber in some instances, but um, let, let's assuming that I need to apply. So I will apply through the special access scheme with the TGA. The TGA has a portal that is quite easy to use uh, where you specify the patient's details. So not their full name, just their date of birth and so forth. Um, and you apply for a specific product for a specific uh, indication. You need to specify the dosing and in, very, very important, you need to justify your application. 
So a patient would be, and that's something I need to assess in the, in the initial consultation as well. So in order for a patient to be eligible for a prescription of medicinal cannabis, the indication needs to be an indication that there is at least some evidence that cannabis may be helpful for. So common indications would be chronic pain, mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, PTSD, and so forth, but um, also conditions like Parkinson's, um, autism, uh, autism, and so forth can be eligible as well. Also, cannabis is not a first-line uh, treatment, so the patient has to have tried other treatments before, and that need to be either not be effective enough, or that there has been side effect that made it intolerable. So we, I, we, you do need to specify that when applying for approval to the TGA, if there are any specialist support or any other reports that can be attached to the application as well. Um, and then the application is submitted, usually approved within 48 hours or so. If there is a need for a state um, authority, state health authority as well, that is done at the same time. Okay, awesome. Thank you for walking us through that. That's very, very helpful. Um, and then the other one would be is just um, any tips to avoid sort of common mistakes for doctors sort of starting out in this area? Maybe things that upon reflection? Um, look, I, I would like to say that it's quite hard to actually make mistakes um, in prescribing cannabis. If you start low and go slow, it's a very, very safe medication to use. Um, I think it's less than a mistake, but getting suboptimal results maybe. Uh, it's important to remember that it's not like other medications when you have a certain dose uh, for a certain indication, it's really personalized treatment. So you need to take into consideration the patient's age, their comorbidity, their preferences, and you need to prescribe according to that. What would work for one patient with, one, with the same condition might not work um, for, for another patient with exactly what looks on its face like exactly um, the same condition. And it really is important to monitor the patients carefully when they start and listen to them. Um, you may need to change the dose, you may, you may need to change the product, you may need to change the route of administration. Um, so if you so I say if you go slow and start to go low, start low <laughs> and go slow. Um, and if you listen to the patient, then it's very difficult to actually make a mistake as such. Awesome. Um, and I, I appreciate that. And I think that, you know, part of the, the process of trying to build a structured education program is obviously to help guide doctors along that process of really understanding, I suppose, the conditions and what the options are. Uh, but definitely that's a common thing I've heard from speaking to other people to start it out. As I said, is, you know, um, not tread carefully, but just obviously as you go into it, you know, you can like any, I think, you know, any other condition people would have is obviously you would put them on, I suppose, the, the, the product or the solution, obviously, with the most minimal level of side effects and all those sorts of things. And obviously, if that doesn't work, then we go to That's option right. B and C uh, with relation to it. And, um, you know, like anything. So last thing, if I can, I'd like to, if you can, your favourite patient story of, you know, I suppose helping them or, or changing their life or, or dealing with, a, you know, a challenge that they had, that maybe once again traditional methodologies hadn't been able to help solve the problem for them. I'm just really keen to hear a patient story of somebody that you've helped. Um, sure. I mean, there are, there are actually very, very many stories. And I, I often say that in education sessions that I would 
um, never expected to hear from people that um, they got their life back or that they, that um, I have to change their, their lives um, so many times. So it's, it is a very satisfying way to practice medicine. Um, if I have to choose one story, um, one of my favorite stories is um, a young man uh, that presented with severe abdominal pain. So he had a history of stomach ulcer uh, that couldn't be treated um, with a usual therapy because uh, he experienced severe um, side effects from it. So he was basically unable to take any medication um, to treat it. So he was, in, he was experiencing severe pain and nausea. The only thing that he would find that slightly would help his pain um, was drinking copious amounts of water. So when he came to see me the first time, uh, he presented with, he's, he's in his um, early 30s, but he presented with his dad for support and he was just, you know, sitting all bent over with a big bottle of water, which he was drinking from very frequently, um, looking quite miserable really, and also describing how he feels that um, it's hard for him to function at work because he sometimes he can just be doubled over and his boss want um, often to call the emergency service for him because he was so debilitated by his pain. He was actually self-medicating uh, with a um, dry flower that he was smoking, but that was helping his uh, nausea a little bit, um, but not his pain very much. Um, so I prescribed him with um, CBD predominant oil, despite uh, of the fact that he was um, what's considered to be an experienced user. Um, but I've, I was hoping that with the anti-inflammatory properties of CBD, that would be helpful. So I prescribed him with a CBD predominant oil and with um, dry flower for vaping for breakthrough symptoms as well, since he has found it to be so helpful for his nausea. Um, I started him on a small dose as he was quite apprehensive about using anything because he had such strong side effects to, to medications before that he was really um, worried about trying anything at all. Um, and two weeks later, uh, he was a changed person. So although he was taking quite a low dose, he was almost pain-free. So he came into my office walking straight no longer holding um, this bottle of water. Um, and from early, such early on in the street when he, that he's one of these people that told me that he just got his life back. So he's able to function better at work. His mood is better. He's doing really, really well on a very relatively low dose. And one of the wins I felt was in, apart from the fact that he's just feeling so so well, is that he was very anxious about having any tests done. So any scopes done to see actually what's going, what's going on with his ulcer, which was not uh, examined for a long, long time. And it took me a very long time, but after I think about six months, um, as I think he was just feeling less anxious as well. And I feel that the, um, we can thank the cannabis for that as well. He was actually able to go and see a gastroenterologist and um, have the appropriate test. And he actually no longer has an ulcer. So um, this patient is doing very well. He's a young man uh, that has, you know, his entire life in front of him. And it made a massive difference to his life. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think once again, it just reaffirms, obviously, well, 
I think what doctors are, would like to see as an outcome with their patients is obviously to, to help solve them their problems, but also, once again, in that situation. And I think that uh, I'm sure you could share many more stories, but that was just a, a great indication of some of the outcomes that can obviously be delivered by, you know, looking at this as a, as a treatment option for patients. I, I, you know, as we know, the patients are looking for this and, I, you know, as a, as a potential option, particularly when all else has failed. And I, I think it's definitely as an opportunity for doctors to have something else in their toolkit that obviously can help patients has great value, you know, to the community. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's safe. We're just you know, really conscious of the fact there's a steep learning curve for, for a lot of people. And as I said, we're obviously hoping that through education and experience sharing like you are, that helps people go along on their journey. So I really want to thank you very much for your time today. It's, it's been a thank pleasure to talk to you and, and hopefully we'll get to do it again because obviously we're just scratching the surface of something which is uh, a very interesting subject, I'm sure, for many out there. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.